it is 8.01 and 33 seconds on Wednesday night, and it is the Simcha Conan Nasi Hour. It How is. are you? Good, good, good. You know something? You know something? I just want to say, for all those people who ask Simcha Conan for stories, well, guess what? My life is one big story. <laughs> I'm on my way in here, and I say I'm going to go to 7-Eleven to get a drink. Okay, fine. What could happen at 7-Eleven for a drink? Well, guess what? I had like 20 minutes to get my drink and to get here. But some very brilliant, intelligent, wonderfully, wonderfully distracted person was filling up a big cup with Slurpee as he was talking to his friend, and he had a Slurpee explosion. Oh. He overfilled, <laughs> and it exploded all over him and the wall and the ceiling, and the guy came, oh, what are you doing over there? I don't understand you. You're making me story. Because... Oh, I'm sorry. And then, fine. Okay, so, or, I don't know how you could handle the lines over there. Was there earlier today? I can't. I can't. I, but guess what? If that's not bad enough, the guy didn't want to pay for two Slurpees. What? You don't have to pay for another one. You don't have to pay for another one. So you say, the machine's broken. No, the Slurpees You know what? And I'm sitting there. I just want a drink. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's They only had one person working there? No, they have... Two people working there, but they only have one idiot that overfills his slurpee Slurpees, cup. Right, right. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there saying to myself, this is a test. Because I'm sitting there, I'm wearing a yarmulke, and if I start acting like I feel, which is I want to take the guy and like stick his head into the Slurpee <laughs> nozzle and fill his nose up with Slurpee, then you know what? Then he's going to look at Jews bad. So I just calmly stood there and said, can I pay for my drink, please? <laughs> but meanwhile, so that, that was today's story. Wow. How, how was your week? Good, good, Baruch Hashem. Okay, <laughs> okay, good. I, I had a good week also. Oh, yeah. All right, we were, I was listening to Pirates on my way in, and then I stopped off to get Slurpees. Were we a tear story? Yeah. It, it wasn't live. It wasn't I, live. I, I, it, was, it sounded like I got it. noticed, I think, I would say, like five hours ago, someone told me he's not coming in, so I quickly I just chose the first story I saw from the archives and got it up. Well, guess what? Was it good? Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> but, uh, so the number to call in is 718-683-5858. if you want to text, 927-8398. It seems like the way of communication here lately is the text line, which, anyway. which is okay. Uh, listen, texting seems to work, whatever. No, texting is much more like, you know, secretive. People, people don't want to... I know, okay, so people, 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 people don't... People, you know, um, but yeah, I mean. All right, sorry about that little disturbance over there, technical error we okay. had here. Okay, constantly um, dealing. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so. So. Yeah, like I, I was saying, the text is is you know way, but you know it seems thing. to work. It seems to work. A lot, a lot of people, you know, complain that you know pe people don't communicate enough because of texting. You know, but it's uh, a reality of life, and the truth is, it is true. It is a problem, but the truth is, the airwaves on the phone isn't exactly communicating either. People really are anonymous on the airwaves. And I think it means like face, like face. You actually like in in some ways face people. In a way. Well, I had a communication with somebody today that was totally off the wall, and the person totally misunderstood everything that I said because they read what I was saying with their brain. And they have a negative brain, and I was talking to them with a positive brain, and they said they thought I was saying all sorts of things I wasn't saying. But, but hey. Anyways. We have a few texts already. I don't know if you got Okay, you got we'll, we'll get to them. Um, Wow, this is a general text. How to discipline our children in a kind way. 
I happen to have, if anybody's interested, a whole program called Parenting by Direction, Not Correction. It's a 10-part series. It's not something I can answer on one foot, but if anybody's interested, they can contact the radio station. j will arrange it. I would be willing to give these sessions to an interested group of people, and we can put what together is it a, rec- a group. It's a recording? No, it, I would have to do it live. I mean, if someone wants to record it, but I would meet with people in a group and teach them how to do it. That's, a very, very, good, that's a very good idea, actually. It, it's very hard to say on one foot, but it's, there, is a, there is a process, and the truth is, is the process that starts from a very early age. It's a process of communication, and it's a way of developing certain methodology. Children are behavioral, and you could teach them. Um, it's a little hard. Sometimes it means we have to look at ourselves. We have to see the way we act. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not Tough. so easy. Um, okay, we have a question. How do we discipline? Okay, we have a question. My kids constantly fight. Help. Well, that's also a general just question. Have to say that it's very general. Kids question. fight. The question is what they're fighting about, and 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 and, and when they fight, and and another, do they experience fighting? Do they see other people fighting? <coughs> um, one of the one of the biggest lessons that I heard one child say to his parent in front of me was, the parent was telling the child, step down. Don't be chutzpahdik. Don't be in the person's face. Don't fight. And the kid said to their father, Dad, if I didn't see you doing that, I'd never be able to do it myself. But because I see you doing it... Now, over here, this was a mother who was very, very tough and child who was rightfully, you know, he was being screamed at by the mother and the father was saying it doesn't make a difference the mother's screaming at you you can't scream back at your mother and the kid said i see that you don't scream back so i get the strength not to scream back well which is an extremely powerful statement and by the lesson for many people for everybody screaming back never works but um he says simcha your second in commands mic is a little bit too loud Okay. No, I don't think ever too loud. <laughs> I don't think. Right, so. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, you just remind me right now. Thank you for texting that, and I should put on headphones. Aha. Okay. To hear myself, because last week with the phones when they called, whatever the level was on. For some reason, it just started up now. We always kept it on the top level when someone calls, but we have to put it down now. For some reason, the static interferes really? with us talking. So well, okay. Let me hear myself. We would, we would love for someone to call in at seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And you know what? If you come in, you if call you and ask these questions to me in person on the phone, I could probably give you much better answers because I could be able to give you, you know, get some feedback, ask you some questions, and I'm sure a lot of people would learn from our dialogue. Right, but a lot of people are probably, you know. Not, not shy, just don't, I don't know, don't, yeah, don't want to uh, call up. Other shows, people call in. You know, hey, I'm, I'm good to talk to you. <laughs> but, um, I think that everything we do with our children should be in a kind way. I don't think that, that mean should ever be associated with any form of parenting. Um, if, we're, if our child thinks that we're mean, then our message isn't getting across. And I think that with the 
brothers of Yosef, when they sold Yosef, even though Alpidin, they passed him that he needed to be sold, but the Asara Harugay Malchus were a kapara on them because, if we could even understand, but it says that they didn't do it with the krechts, that they did it in a mean way. They were they weren't they weren't upset. I know that no child should ever experience discipline as being mean. Discipline is just, and discipline is lessons. But if it's mean, then the message is not getting across. And um, I spoke to many, many kids who, when parents are mean, they just don't get the message. They don't get the message. They think, you know, they, they think all sorts of things, except they don't think about what, what they're doing. It doesn't mean punishment is something that you shouldn't do. You have to punish your kids, and you have to give consequences, is a better word than punishment. You have to give consequences. But the consequences can't be in a mean way. I'll never forget, I was grounded once, and, um, well, more than once, but this is the <laughs> one so I'm going to talk about. And my mother, she shouldn't be wild in my stream, didn't, like, do it in a mean way. She said, so let's do something else. While everybody else, everybody was doing something I wanted to do, she said, um, you know, let, let's, let, let's, let's do something else just so you don't feel so terrible that it's not, it, it's, it's not, it's not so bad. Um, you also, a lot of times, you know, you have to empathize with your child. Kodesh Baruch Hu cries for us that we're in Golos. But if we're being punished for things and we're not why is he crying? He's crying because he's in pain with us. It's, it's, it's just it's that we have to really empathize with our kids. We have to realize that kids feel that so, so, so much. They measure that so much. Um, someone says that they're shy to call because they have trouble with chutzpah the kids. Um, Okay, don't be shy to call because no one really sees you. No one knows who you are, but uh, but they do have to be aware when they do call. It's gonna go. It's gonna go on archives. That's so true. You have to keep that in mind. That's true. That's that's that was that was the whole that's the start of the whole problem here. Right. One and a half year old is too is a little early to bring to a babysitter. Um, so I can understand why they're crying. That's not called a separation anxiety. Uh, at, at one and a half, because, uh, uh, but if, well, I think that person needs to call me or email me at askdrsimcha at gmail.com. That's a much longer conversation. Um, and when a person asks me, is that something to be concerned about? Anytime that it's affecting your ability to parent your child, or it's affecting your way to handle your child, then you should be concerned about it because you want to find the right answer. That doesn't mean it's a problem. A lot of times it's not a problem. And as long as you're smart enough to ask for help, as long as you're smart enough to ask advice, then it's not a problem. I don't think people should be throwing out terms unless they get diagnosed, you know, separation, anxiety, this. Oh, but people love to do that. I love it. People read a Mishpacha magazine and they're diagnosing the world. Yep. It's just like <laughs> so, so, some lady writes an article about, about something, and all of a sudden the whole world's got it. I, I think that, that drives me crazy. And, you know, and, 
And, and psychological diagnoses are like, you know, imagine if someone walks over to somebody and says, oh my gosh, that mole, gosh, that looks like cancer. Like, what? Like, wait, why? Because my, my great aunt had, a, a, had cancer and had a mole like that. Hello? Okay. But you kind of like need to be a uh, doctor. Uh, and people should really watch out what they say to other people because you don't know how, how deep it could go. That's right. That's right. You really drive a person crazy and you won't know it. Everybody needs to be. First of all, I think in my show we have Chavetz Chaim every day. And we learn a shtigl from Chavetz Chaim every day. And I walk over to the Gabbai every day and I say the same thing. It's, it's a lesson a day from the Chavetz Chaim. I say, you know what, we could sum this whole thing up if we just stand up every day and say, shut up, don't talk about people. <laughs> like, it's all, it's get the, get the message, okay? There are a million and one different things. Just don't talk about people. Please, just don't talk about people. There's no reason to talk about people. And any conversation that's about someone, even, you know what, people that talk overly good about people, it also, it evokes jealousy, it evokes that's feeling. Not, it sounds usually fake when someone does that. Yeah. To me, like, why are we talking about somebody else? Why? What's the point? There's not enough to talk about. It's, 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 you know, and Chavaz Chaim gives uh, uh, ways of toelis and, 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 and things like that. Yeah, but the toelis is really hard to find the real toelis when it comes to speaking. So you know what? And, and kids, kids pick up on that so much. When kids hear our conversations, they really pick up on it. You know, the flip side is when you act a certain way in front of your kids, you'll see your kids mimicking your good behaviors. It's really, really very geschmack. It's very nice when you see your kids doing things that, that, you're, that you would like them to do. That, but it's like about consistency also. You know, it's about consistency also. Um, so this is... So you know what I could do? I'm gonna just like take a concept from one of the texts and I'll speak about that. Um, I think that okay, someone texted in and said the following: What do you do if there's a child who's extremely possessive, gets very violent if one of his toys, if one of his siblings uses one of his toys? Um, so in such a case. I try very hard to recommend that parents have only certain things that, that kids can like really, really cherish, if you will. But things in a house have to be pretty much fluid. And that's something that's very hard to implement, but it's very important. And... Um, you know, you don't want to have such possessiveness over things in a house. It, it's not such a great thing. And um, first of all, violence needs to be handled as violence needs to be handled. It's unacceptable. It's not something that can happen. And I would deal with violence on, in a negative way with the discipline anytime it happens. When it comes to items, I would say that, you know, that it's... It's not getting a fundamental that, you know what, things are not really so important. People are much more important. 
and fighting over things and hurting people over things are not really so important. And I would give the message over from a very early age that people lose things. Now, the, the, way, the, way, the, way we, the way we do that is by not being so possessive over things ourselves. You know what? If we, we need to talk out loud to our kids. And when we lose something or we see something, we, if we make a big deal out of it, then they're going to make a big deal out of it. And that's just the way it is. If we learn how to say no problem, our kids will learn how to say no problem. Um, so that's really how I would deal with it. But I would, I would separate the two issues. I would deal with the discipline for violence, and I would talk about the violence. Violence is unacceptable. And then, it, and I would deal with the possessiveness over toys. That I would try not to have any one toy attached so closely to any one person. If it's a very personal thing, like as kids get older. And kids, 11, 12, 13-year-olds, they have personal items that are of sentimental value. Then it's okay to give a kid a box to keep their personal things in. And, you know, like a little, a little not a lockbox, like a, 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 a you know, like a, a, but a little, a little container to keep their things in. It's a great idea. But uh, I think that one of the most important lessons that we could teach our kids is privacy also. Um, if we're going to give our kid a box, then we're going to have to understand also that that means that a kid's going to be able to have certain privacy and we shouldn't really invade the kid's box unless we ask them permission. Um, now, does that mean that a parent shouldn't be able to look through their kid's things? No, I think that, for example, my children's phones, my children know that before I gave it to them, I made a condition. I can look through their phone anytime I want. And that's the condition they gave it to them. And if they, they, and they understand that. I don't know. I, I would feel, my parents never did that, but I would feel like that's invading my privacy. My parents I, went I, through all my stuff. I'm not talking about a phone. I'm saying I wouldn't go like through items. my children's stuff at all. But a phone is something that's very no, dangerous. And I tell my child that in order to, one of the things that you have to understand is if the, you want to have a phone, then that means that you have to understand that at any time, not that I've ever, the truth is I have done it very, very seldom, but it's not something that I would do like to catch them, but I have to have that right. And I have to have all updates on passwords and everything because they need to know, and it's hashgacha, they need to know that... That, that, my, my parents don't have that problem. I'll forget my password to my email, so I have to tell them. <laughs> I, I have, I cannot remember passwords to save my life. I mean, I think that every account I have thinks that I'm crazy. I changed my password. Like, actually, someone got really offended because I changed my LinkedIn password, and I have somebody that helps me manage my LinkedIn account. So he got all ticked off at me. He said, "What you changed your password? You don't want me to do it anymore." I said, "No, it was three o'clock in the morning, and I wanted to get into my account. I couldn't remember my password. I didn't want to go downstairs where I have it written on the." So I just like changed it. It was well, easier. Now you just set it on ear. <laughs> Wait, no, it's written on the wall. You get into my house and look at my wall. That's not there anymore. But it's very hard to remember passwords. Depression can be diagnosed. The symptoms of depression, childhood depression, is something that's diagnosed. But the the characteristic uh, behaviors of a childhood depression is anger. 
That's really how childhood depression normally manifests itself. If you see a child that's angry, very, very angry all the time, that's a form of depression. So I would, it would take an evaluation that would be more than just like a radio answer. That uh, you'd have to like find out history and duration and amount of time. And I would, even if, even if a child, I had this disagreement with a very, very big psychiatrist where he wanted to diagnose one of my clients as bipolar disorder. And I wasn't willing to accept his diagnosis. I said, the kid has anger and he has ADHD and he has focusing problems. But I didn't want to give him the, the clumped up diagnosis of childhood bipolar disorder because it was going to change his whole everything. Besides, his parents would freak out. They would just not be able to handle it. So he got on the phone with me and boy, I, I wouldn't even say the words that he said to me in the bathroom. They're such not nice words. And he's like a big, big doctor. Like, just like, and he's using words that, like, you know, real, calling me, like, things that, that I never associated myself with those things. Because he was very upset that I was disagreeing with him. And I was just a young, wet-behind-the-ears psychologist, and he was, like, head of psychiatry for some, I don't know what. Anyways... So I worked with this kid, and we're going back now the 13, 13 years, okay? The kid steigt. He did so beautifully. He went to a yeshiva-like Long Beach, okay? And he's now in fourth-year base medrash, and he's doing wow. really nicely. And... I happened to meet this other guy. I said, by the way, can I tell you about this kid, what he's doing? I said, so what do you say to your diagnosis of bipolar disorder? So you know what he said? He's in remission. <laughs> Which means when a person has, God forbid, cancer, and then they get it under control, so they say the person's in remission, meaning that they have cancer, but it's like under control. I said, is it remission? <laughs> 14 years later, 15 years later, you have to call it remission. Can't you admit your diagnosis was wrong? Nope, he can't. Some, too bad. Some people, some people's heads are too high. Yes. Ego, ego. And if if a person's going to utilize ego when it comes to diagnosing kids, well, that's a problem. But it's not about us. It's about the rest of the kid's life. That's why I don't like the word ADHD disorder. I call it difference because the truth is, it is a difference. It's not a disorder. And we are able to see Technic that now. Technically, a disorder is a difference. If you get Not it. true. <laughs> if everybody's disordered the same way, then order is the disorder. Okay, forget it. You already lost me. I'm sorry. If no. everybody's short in a town, okay. Okay. A guy goes to visit a town. Everybody's. It's a, but it's a disorder to us. It's not a disorder in their town. But in their town, it's not a disorder. So then, who's disordered? So let's the say rest of the world. The world. Everybody in this town is four foot eleven. All right. And. Everybody's four foot eleven, and 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 five people come to the town, and they're five foot five, and they're laughing at the short people, and they're saying, "Oh, they're all disordered." And then, the, the beginning of the month, a bunch of Cossacks come through with swords, and they're swinging their swords, and they chop off the heads of everybody that's over five feet. <laughs> and so, who's disordered? <laughs> okay. Okay. Four foot eleven people, they survive. The five foot five people don't. That's just the nature of that town. I mean, no, no one's to say if 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 people would just. It takes all types of people. I mean, I can guarantee you, Ben Franklin's mother 
was getting people laughing at her. He's out there with the keys again. <laughs> I don't know what her name is. Betsy, your son's nuts. He's out there in the rain with the kite and the keys. When's he going to act normal? She was probably embarrassed. She probably didn't go to PTA meetings. <laughs> He's got a, a, a son Her who's name nuts. was actually Nancy. Nancy. Okay. Thank you. Did someone say that? No, Google said it. Google said it. Okay, Na Nancy Franklin. <laughs> you got me curious. Nancy Franklin. Nancy, she, he's doing it again. And I, but you know what? And 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 and, and Bell, the guy, the, the phone guy. Who's the phone guy? Oh. Alexander oh, Graham yeah, yeah, Bell. Yeah, 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 yeah. You think his wife liked staying in the next room, talking into soup cans? I talk louder, honey. I hear you. I don't hear you. <laughs> like, she probably went home. And, Ma, I married a lunatic. He's got me talking into soup cans. For some reason, whenever you used to try it, you know, with the cups, it I never, never worked. worked. Of course not. Because you need to be Alexander Graham Bell. You need to be thinking of things. And, 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 and you know what? And I'm sure that Einstein's wife thought he worked too late. <laughs> Einstein. While he was to figure out a way to destroy the world with a bomb. How nice. What a legacy. Um, you, you have to understand, every creative discovery was made by somebody who stepped out of the box. It's true. People just want to comply and, and follow the box. So then there's, there's no creativity. There's no chiddush. And Torah is, is an unbelievable thing. To have the ability to be mechadish and learning, to take everything for face value, then we would never be mechadish. Pilpul and learning is about, it's about the harifus of being able to question and challenge. And and if we're gonna sit there like 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 I don't know like tubs of gefilte fish, then it's like, <laughs> I don't know why I used that as an analogy, but gefilte um, fish. I don't see anything. Near gefilte fish in this room. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Like, tubs of gefilte fish. I don't know. Some say some stories. Ah, you missed the story. I said a story in the beginning. But um, I used to have a chavusa. And this was the best chavusa in my entire life. We learned Yvamis. We learned from the first. We learned, actually, we, we all, all but almost finished Yvamis. This chavrusa. It's a hard masechda. Oh, but it's so gishmak. It's so gishmak. This, this chavrusa did not find me funny at all. <laughs> if any, I could say anything, and he looked at me like I was from Mars. It was the most infuriating thing that ever happened. I couldn't get the guy to crack. I, I couldn't. I, I, everything, look at me like... You walk in and I smile already. Because <laughs> okay. I'm a big joke. But the fact is, it's guy... No, 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 no. no, no. I, I smile when I see you too, Baruch Hashem. But you know, but the thing is like this: it's like, and every I, and it was funny. The guy in back of me, like, is like, you're, you're cracking me up. Meanwhile, we 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 get we get to a Gemara, and the way I always worked with my chavuzas was that we would have a a a if we couldn't find shot in the Tysus, or so then we go to the opposite ends of the stender, of the bench, and we try and figure it out. Whoever figured out shot first would have to treat the other one to dinner no. okay so i mean dinner and so we're not talking about like big dinners talking about like like five shekel you can eat as much as you want and i wanted a lot so it was a good deal <laughs> but but the, the the thing so so the thing is we got to this Gemara. it said amar of yosef 
the horse shore, blah, 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 blah. And we couldn't figure out the The horse shore did not fit into Pshat and the And we sat for like an hour trying to figure it out. Finally, like, we went to Shalomashiv and we said, How do you learn this Gemara? So he says, the name of the Amoira was Rav Yosef Bechor Shor. So my Chavruza, who didn't laugh at anything that I said the entire year, had a laughing fit. And he's on the floor rolling. He can't control his laugh. I looked at him like, this guy's definitely proof of life from another planet. There's no question about it. And I hope he's not listening. <laughs> but the fact is, he'll remember the story. The fact is, he's laughing his head off. I said, like, this, this, this is crazy. I'm funny. This is not funny. <laughs> but the fact is, the fact that he didn't find me funny... Probably helped you that you learned. We huh? learned so much. The other thing we established with my Harusas was that if I would get a phone call, my Harusa would go take the phone call and say, Hi, I'm some Hakon's Harusa. Can I take a message? He'll call you back after second Seder. <laughs> and I created the secretary system, and it really worked. Because, like, no, no one's like, people, very important people have secretaries, right? So I can't have have a secretary. And it's, it's free. It's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And you know what? It's a very smart idea. It, was, it, it really, really, really worked. I'll tell you a story, though. The Ayara Chavrusa, whose father, this was one of the most beautiful families that I used to go to for Shabbos. And they're very, they're very, father was very wealthy. He made a lot of money. And um, generally, people who are wealthy make a lot of money. But so we, I met this, I met this guy. This is true. I was, I was in Daivagan, and I was in the Groshul, and I was learning. It was Benazmanim. It was Sukkah's Benazmanim, and happens to be that this guy was learning there. He came over. He says, "You're learning this. I'm learning that." Okay, we were learning the same thing, so we started learning together. It was such a chemistry between us that he switched yeshivas to my yeshiva to learn with me second seder and night seder. Wow. It was such a good chavruzashaft. And couldn't get enough of the guy. And he, we created the secretary system with him. But meanwhile, we, we were trying to figure out shot and, and I, he was smarter than me, and he figured out shot And really a shver was very, very, very difficult to us. He figured out shot. So he had to treat me to dinner. Oh. So I said, okay. <laughs> so he tells me he's going to pick me up. Tuesday night I should be ready. He's going to pick me up. Pick me up? Hello, this is Israel. We take buses, right? Well, Tuesday night, like this big Lincoln town car pulls up in front of the yeshiva. The street of the yeshiva wasn't even big enough for a town car to come down. And I get picked up by a driver in a car and takes me to his house in Ramot. He lived in a three-story huge house in Ramot. He takes me into his room, and on the walls there's a room full of photo albums. He told me, he said when he graduated high school, his father put money in the bank for him and told him that he wanted to travel the world and find himself. And he wasn't from at the time. He said, travel the world and find yourself. He told me there's a photo album from every country in the world in this room. He spent a year traveling the world. He went everywhere in the world. He, the Swiss Alps, the Italian Alps, the, 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 the I don't know, the, the whatever Alps. Any place you can imagine, he went. 
And he told me that nothing in this room measured up to the geschmack and the satisfaction he got from working on that and finding on his own achieving the ability to get shot in that tesis. And he looked at me and he said, and if you think that's normal, you're crazy. It's not normal. It's just something about Torah that just what it is. It's something supernatural. It's not, it's inexplainable. It's inexplainable why I would get such a geschmack out of, out of something. And what he taught me was that if I'm not getting that enjoyment, then I'm not doing it right. Then I must not be communicating it right to myself. Um, you know, if, if a kid hates learning, and if a kid doesn't like learning, then they haven't experienced learning in the right way. There has to be a way of teaching in a way that relates to a kid. And a lot of times it's about the experience more than about learning themselves. I remember the first mission my brother taught me. I remember the $2 he gave me when I answered a question right. And we're talking... How much was $2? 40 years ago. 41, 42 years ago. Okay? But I remember. I remember him making such a big deal out of it. And I remember what it felt like. And it wasn't in an angry way. It wasn't... You know, it was with encouragement and with love and with, with passion. And also, if kids see us excited about things, then they'll get excited about it. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I think that learning is something that if, 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 a, if a child does not appreciate it, that means that they have to, get more of an experience with it maybe on a one-on-one -on -one or maybe in a way that's that's more tailor-made for them. For example, I, it took me a while to understand that I like learning halachalamasa. I like things that are much more practical. I like, I like things that I can understand a little bit more. Hypotheticals, it's very hard for me. Um, you know, so like I, I, I learned, you know, of course, few times about Kabbalah, about Metziah. So it was hard, unless it was brought down to practical level, it was hard for me. The Mayan the Masechtas were much easier for me to, to wrap my head around. But when you learn something with halachas together, then you see this is the application, this is how it connects, this is how it makes sense, then, then, that's, then that's, that's the way. The first thing I would do if my kid hated learning is I would tell the Rebbe. And tell the Rebbe, and hopefully the Rebbe's not going to take it personally, but the Rebbe will be able to, like... Well, this, the year didn't, did not start yet, so right. maybe, maybe you could do some prevention here and speak to the Rebbe before the year starts. That's a fabulous idea. And I think that you should tell the Rebbe. I wouldn't say it that my kid hates learning. I would say my kid hasn't expressed excitement over learning yet. I would like, I would like this year to be the year where he really, really... Uh, gets into learning. I think that one of the most important things that anybody can teach a child is that they care and consistency. And generally, it, we, we will connect to people that care about us, and that we feel care about us. And that's really, really the, 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 the most that I could, I could tell you. You know what? Some of my son's best rebellion were not fuzzy, wuzzy Rebbies. My, my son had a Rebbe last year who was 
from Shemaim. He was the best Rebbe. He's not a fuzzy wuzzy Rebbe. He taught for me when I was a principal. He's a fabulous Rebbe. But he's so consistent and he's so understanding and, and, and he's so validating. And, and, and that's really, I mean, I, I, I think that any problem that's brought up to any yeshiva that I've encountered nowadays, they'll deal with right away. I'm very professional yeshivas. I find very, I'm very, very, I'm very encouraged by. I think we skipped on the second page of text over here. It says, if you go back one page, you'll see the first text. That's also on the since we're on the school topic. I don't know if you. I don't think you read it yet. You see, you don't see it. Uh, uh, the dominating one. No. My seven-year-old, I'll, re- I'll just read it. Okay. My seven-year-old is scared to go to school. He has friends and all, but he's scared. Any ideas? Should I bribe him? Well, if he's scared, well, school hasn't started yet, so it's a whole new year. So I wouldn't even think about it now. I would say I wouldn't deal with it until then. I would buy him some special things for the first day of school. I would prepare him and showing him that this is the calendar day is when we're going to be going and have like special things planned. I would make it like an event day that full of distractions. Like, you know, oh, we're going to have pancakes today and you're going to put on your new pants. You're going to put on your new, and get your new folders and this, you knew that. And make it about the whole preparation that's involved. And, 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 then when the kid gets gets the day, say, but I don't want to go to school. Of course you do. Look, you got your new pants, you got your new sneakers, you got your new folders, you got your new everything. And that's where it goes. We have a caller. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah. Um, how are you? Good. How are you? Baruch Hashem. I mean, after this tragedy, I think that it's a wake-up call to all of us. You know and what? We, 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 I know. But we, this, it's, it, it, we're trying to talk about kids. And I'm trying very much to stay away from the tragedy. I, I really okay, don't. I'm just saying, no, it happened the same time. I and I, I really I remember 14 years ago. I know, but I really don't want to. I, uh, I really okay. don't want to talk about it. It's a okay, kids' I show. I don't want to bring. You know, the, I don't want to bring the level of the show down. and everybody should, you know, be good to each other. Mitzvah there's no, there's no, um, there's no gaiva and sinaspinam. A hundred percent. We build the base of mikdash, and we should mitzvah you know. Mitzvah Shem. You always it's have good. great things to say. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not, I, we're trying to stay on chinuch topics now. I don't want to get, I don't, I, I don't want to distract because we're answering chinuch questions. So, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry. Okay. Amazing features also on chinuch. Okay. Yes, I know. I know. Okay. Thank you Great for calling. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I can't, I can't recuperate. When, when I start talking about that, my whole... I don't, I don't you know, with all this, I can't, uh, I, can't, I can't focus on it either. I can't talk about it. My, my whole mood, my whole, my whole, it's too hard to talk about. It's too hard, it's too, it's too hard to talk about, and, 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 and it's too hard to get, get, get back to, to, you know, to what we were talking It's just, oh yeah, it's too difficult. Difficult. It's too too much pain on too many different levels, and and maybe should just have rahmanas. Just have rahmanas. It's like, hey, forget it. Let's not start. I got to say something, but yeah, I don't want to bring that. Yet. Back to what we were saying. Yeah. Um. um what were we saying? Now we got some people texting. Okay. It. How do we explain tragedies to kids? Um. How do we explain tragedies to kids? Okay. Um. 
We don't explain tragedies to kids because we don't explain anything because we don't have explanations. If we think we can explain tragedies to ourselves, then we're fooling ourselves. Mm-hmm. We explain tragedies to kids the same way we explain it to ourselves. We don't understand. We don't understand. And if you think that, that, that you know, if you if you if you think, if you go, someone said to a beach, okay, on the California coast, and you pull up one grain of sand, and you look at that one grain of sand, and you think that you could understand from that one grain of sand the continuum of what's going on on the beach and the flow and the ebb of the tide and the in and the out, that one grain of sand tells you nothing about everything else. And the Abishur has his ways. We just know. We know one thing. That we know that we're in Hashem's hands. And Hashem loves us. And that's it. That's it. For caller? Higher, higher on the air. Hello. Um, uh, my name is Jeraitar. I really, I really, thank you so much. You know what? You brought me back to reality. Because I realized this is a kid's show. Because an immature <laughs> baby called. I'm so happy. Thank you very much. You know something? You are a Shliach Hashem, whoever you are. I appreciate it. It's been so long since I've been pranked. Where you been, my pranker friend? Thank you. Well, you know this guy. I don't know. Whatever. I know the guy. Yeah. Meaning I know the mentality. I know that type of brain. I was going to say, because each show has their... Own characters, each character. Oh no! This is this is this wasn't a this wasn't a this is I call. I gotta him. say, this guy did a pretty good job because I picked up before to see if it was yeah. anything. He, he he got me there. Well, yeah. th- there is uh, th- we have pranker guys, that, but we really did get rid of them. But I guess you know what? Like every museum has their like their relics, so we have one one remaining. You know what? I, I'll talk to the very nice lady that called before, who I really like to talk to, and I had to cut her off because anyway, I, I certainly I could give time to a pranker. <laughs> but anyways, I hope you had a good time. Yeah, something about it. I hope you fix re- your refrigerator. Yes, and uh, and while you're at it, <laughs> there are other things that might need to be fixed too. <laughs> Some, uh, I gotta short... say that's the first time I'm here that someone called it. A uh, little bit. I, I used to deal with the best prankers. That was, I guess that was, bad. like you said, you got rid of most of them. <laughs> yeah, because I just, I didn't respond to them. But, um, we can't fall into the trap of trying to explain things that we don't understand to children. And there's nothing wrong with teaching children from the earliest stage that we have to have faith and we have to have emunah uh, and Hashem. <coughs> and it's the only thing I could say. It's the only thing that works for me. My 13-year-old is immature. Well, that is, <laughs> that is something that they will outgrow because generally immaturity is something that does pass with time. It's one of those things. Like, I know my two-and-a-half-year-old wears diapers. Okay, well, guess what? By the time they get married, I'm sure they'll be out of them. When they're 80, they might be back in them. Oh. <laughs> but, 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 Dr. Eilenberg, I may have a stream. You should have a the one, the one that moved to Lakewood? Yes. He's oh, my he's favorite he, person. He in the used whole to be my world. doctor. He's my kid's doctor, too. And, and what I used to, whatever I ask him, when's he going to outgrow this? 
He'd say, buy their chasana. Yeah. <laughs> I, I barely remember him, but I, I remember he had, he had comments. He was, he, he's, he's, he's <laughs> unbelievable. He's, he's a tzaddik, he's sort of olam. But, uh, remember they had a big goodbye party for him in his office. I don't know if you yeah. remember before they moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pictures. Was there really was a nice. tremendous loss for Flatbush. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone knew him, even if they didn't go to him. Everyone knew him. Because he was a tzaddik, because he took care of everybody. But, uh, and, and one, time, one time we had to take my son to him on, on, on Yom Kippur. And he was in Mir Yeshiva Mir Yeshiva, yeah, yeah, of course. And, uh, and he, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if he gets this show in Lakewood, but whoever listens and sees Dr. Eisenberg, tell him Simcoe Cohen loves him and misses him in Brooklyn. But, um, and I doubt he remembers me. Oh, he definitely uh, remembers. I, he remembers everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, my my siblings that live in Lakewood actually use him. I think he remembers everybody. But uh, anyways, yeah. so uh, so uh, uh, we're talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I've been, I've been up since like six this morning. Six this morning. Six. Okay, six is good. I get I get up very early. I get up very early. Earlier than six. Earlier than six. Yeah. Wow. I get up. I. I, 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 I'm exhausted. I'm falling off my feet. I love to get up early. I mean, when I was your age, I did not love to get up early, but I love to get up early. I love to get up for it. It was a good reason today, and you know what? I like getting up for good reasons. What was the reason? It was a good reason. Okay, it was a good reason. Okay. It was a good reason. Oh, I think I know the reason. It was a good reason. You know what? Listen, it's uh. Listen. Oh, whatever the reason was, it was. Yeah, it, I, I, I got well, it. At, at 6 a.m., I thought it was a good reason. <laughs> it was a good reason. It was a good reason. Everything's a mahalach in life. Everything's a mahalach in life. That's it. Or yeah. we could say, you know, an old milvado. That's right. That's, That's what right. Nisim taught me. That's There's right. Little, those little cards. You have to read that before, before you do anything. 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 4 a.m. And, and you have to understand that I think that you have to talk to Hashem. Just talk to Hashem all day. Just have conversations with Hashem. I'm not like saying like, "Hey, so hey, what's cooking?" Hashem. <laughs> no, but you have to understand. Hashem listens to everything that we say, and Hashem hears everything that we say. And we have to understand if we live with Hashem in our heart and we live with Hashem in our mind constantly, then, and we look at the way Hashem. If we look at the world positively, we show that to our kids. Then you know what? It's just. It's just, I think one of the worst things that we could do, and I do remember when, when I lost my brother, and people tried to give explanations, and I was young, it was the worst thing. It just confused me more, and it just made me try and find my own explanations. And my, at my young age, I wasn't coming up with good explanations. The only explanation is the same explanation that we that that, that Hazal teach us is that is that is that we we don't know we don't know we don't know um, if you have a kid that's abusing their siblings and it's hurting the siblings then you have to create controls and and make sure that it it stops, and you have to find ways of discipline. It's not something I can answer. Like, if you would call in and I would ask you questions, blah, 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 we could. But, you know, it would be really great if what we had here, well, maybe, maybe it exists, I don't know. Um, 
like when they call up, it like kind of switches their voice. Not to like uh, not a funny voice, just switches their voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the people call up with no problem. Hello, <laughs> like, like <laughs> a, 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 a voice like they do with the FBI, like like kidnappers. Or like you know like the J Root jingle, you know like J Root. That's right. <laughs> that's that. right. That's right. <laughs> that guy is a deep voice. That's but you know you get like you know those people they have voice changes. That you know they. Cannabis get them. We have to like call up like criminals are us and find out. <laughs> criminals are us. Or, kidnappers are us. Hi, I'm looking for like a voice changer. Or, <laughs> but um, well, it really, it really would be. It would be a good idea if there was. Yeah, let's see what we can do. There. I mean, but the only for now, this is the only other mic people have is texting. It's very. It's not just you. It's <laughs> all the other hosts say the same thing. Yeah, but try to call, but people don't want to. You know, there are some hosts that like have people to call in, like. During the day, I heard like people people do coin. What show? What show? I think uh, um. What day? I don't know. I have it on all day, so it's like hard to tell. Like, like um. Uh. Mr. Weinberger, is that? He's he's during the day. Is he? Is no, yeah. we do a Monday night. I thought. But they have they have during the day they, have, re- they have replays. I, I I will answer you after ear on that. What the situation with the calls with that is? is uh, a okay. very very simple answer, which I, oh, okay. I'm not going to say on here. Okay. But whatever it is, no, I mean, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Okay, no, but it's uh, hey, you don't have to call me. Text me. I'm good. <laughs> you know the, tr- the truth is like the truth is like this that I would ra- I would rather and as the year starts you'll see, kids are going to be calling in. Kids are now in camp. Okay. Kids are away. Kids will be calling in. That's generally you. I don't like to take calls from adults. I take calls from kids. Kids call in, and yes. they, and that's the, those are kids. Those are. And hey, don't worry with the kids. It's not only it's not only your show. It's the Kashrani also. There's like two. There's like two people, two reporters. Usually there's like six, seven. Right, right. The, 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 you so know, just the, yeah. That's, Listen, and I, I, I'm looking over here. This is pretty good for the summer. I'm sorry. We gotta say. I'm not worried. I'm really not. I'm really not worried about it. But I think that I just want to make sure the kids call in again. That we that we get kids. Um, so I think though that I think that one of the most important things is that this Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh Elul. Elul is for me. I mean, I'm Sephardic, so we start Selichot. Oh yes, Ugh, you got it harder than us. <laughs> harder. I don't know how I could go into Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur without at least a month of slichas. I, I, I can't even. If I don't know how I would ever go into Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur without saying slichas for a month, it's, it's it's so that I'm so geared up and ready, and I'm so like charged and psyched, and it's it's, it's like. You have to get up at like a specific time to do it. Well, they them. have. I mean, they're, they're flexible minyanim, but like, but if you if I I daven at a six fifteen minyan, so that means it's five fifteen slichas, right? And I I like to be home. I like to make sure that my kids. I see my kids before they go to school. Yes. So I have to be home to send them off to school. That's a goal I always had in my head. Like to yeah, see I have them, to. You know. They see them, say goodbye to them. I drive my kids to school because I don't like my kids going on city buses. Not because I just, why should they, well, the school's right near the house, but I like to make sure my kids get to school. I don't need them having so much downtime. And, and. Well, that all depends on really how far you live. Right. I know, I'm saying, from when I went, I started taking the city bus when I was in like eighth grade. But my right. house was like, it took like five, the 12th trip was like five minutes. But, but I'll tell you something, but I, I, 
picked a school, as crazy as it sounds, close enough to my house to make sure they had that amount of control. Because I know a lot happens, it's crazy, but a lot happens on a city bus. The kids are right up and down Coney Island Avenue. And, and, and also, what do I, what do I need the, all that exposure and this and that? I agree. It's, it's you know, it's nothing, no, nothing good to be gained. So then I have to dive in, like, really early. And except if I want, unless I want to dive in, like, at the banker's minion. Like, a good base of Vinyamin at 9 o'clock. Like, yeah, did you ever hear, this is not, this is not, um, not, not funny. It's very sad. You ever heard of the matzah minion? No. 18 minutes, they claim, is there some minion in, in downtown, lower, lower, the lower east side, I, I think. Never. Yes, exactly what you think. No. 18 minutes, they are done. So at 6 o'clock. Six oh eighteen, gosh. they are done. Everyone is out the door. I hope God doesn't answer their tefillahs in eighteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty sad. Oh, uh, someone, someone just said, and we Ashkenazim have it harder with the nine days. Oh uh, please, oh please. First of all, it's not hard to do tefillahs. Second of all, nine days. You know what? Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. I mean, give up nine stinking days. I mean, hello. I mean, the but, truth you know, is, I heard this. This. This is. I heard somewhere. I remember one of my friends were complaining. Oh, Rosh Hashanah davening is so long, but Svardim, you know, they're in and out. And then finally, someone said, you know, they have like a whole thing of slichas, and then it really opened up my eyes to say, you know what? The, 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 the truth. The truth is, Rosh Hashanah. It's not that we're in and out. It's. 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 But it's a different type of davening. No. Yeah. I couldn't. I. 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 I have to tell you, I had a lot of trouble davening Shnazim Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. I just, it's just a different, the whole style is different. I don't know. As I got older, it got easier. When I was younger, it was very hard. It used to be in and out, but it depends. I've been able to stay in the whole, the whole time. It depends which, where, like, there's a certain, I have to tell you, some Bali Tevila by Ashkenazi Davni is just, it's breathtaking. Some of the Bali Tevila is so beautiful, and the Nusach is so beautiful, and and if you're Davni with the right people, it could be so, so elevating. But I remember my experience in ninth grade after having Sephardi my whole life and then going to Yeshiva and <laughs> I said like, oh, where am I? What is going on? I mean, I wanted to like pick up and run. And I was like a, a hyperactive child as it is. And the guy next to me kept on looking at me like, get lost, kid. <laughs> but, um, but this, this, the, 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 listen. Every, every Sfaradim, Ashkenazim, we all have our, it, it's, it, the bottom line is that it all basically boils down to the same thing. You know, the, the, between the Mechaber and the Ramah, it's, it's, you know, they're coolest, they're humorous. It all basically boils down to the same thing. And in the nine days, we don't have that many coolest during the nine days. We listen to music in three weeks and we shave, but like whoop de doo <laughs> like, like, wow! That's you know, someone, great. Just, someone actually just texted in here. Everyone and their respective sex, which is true. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But the well, fun- we're not trying to bash each other. <laughs> Listen, the funniest thing was when my wife, who's who was Ashkenaz, and I stress <laughs> that, that was. she was before we married, and the first time she came to the house for Pesach, and there were peas being served, and. They passed the peas around and landed in front of her, and everybody's sitting there waiting like, okay, is she going to eat the peas? And she's I don't like peas That must be so hard. Like, the transition, like, it feels like it's something wrong. The Shalah Sani Isha. I'm always going to keep my minhagim, and I'm never going to have to change them. 
But, uh, but you know, but it was just very funny because she's not a big fan of peas like on Shavuos or Sukkot, <laughs> let alone Pesach. But uh, you're gonna be hungry. <laughs> All right, listen. But we're a very accepting family, so it, it was it was good. Sure. But um, the 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 fact is though that this is. So it's Rosh Chodesh Elul, and Elul is Anila Dodiva Dodili. And what we need to remember in Elul is how much Hashem loves us. Because it's all about our relationship with Hashem. And it's after the hard months of the summer and the three weeks and the, the nine days. And, and, and it's all about, and this is in this last week's parasha, that you have to understand the main thing Hashem focuses on is not to forget our relationship. And the worst thing is, you know what? The worst thing is when a child, and you'll, you'll, when you have kids, you'll, you'll see, when your child takes for granted and doesn't think that you love them, or will, will say like, I, I you know, will, will, will feel that you're, you don't love them, and will not look to you, or not, not, you won't be able to communicate that to your kid. That's very painful. You want your kid to know how much you love them. You want to tell them as many times as you can that they should know that no matter what happens, that you can rely on them. And when you have that security, when you have that security, it's a very, very strong thing. That's why we say so many times a day that we love Hashem and Hashem loves us. You think, you know, three times, four times, five times, how many times a day do we have to say the same thing? Because never enough times. Never enough times. This is 901 in four seconds. I see, but I'm not done. <laughs> no, go, go, go. I'm just, I'm just, I didn't know if you realized. No, I realized. No, I just want to say, it's never enough times. It's never enough times to know that we love Hashem and Hashem loves us. And we can never say it enough to our children. And, you know, everyone wants a story, so I'm going to tell you a story. Okay? Go for it. I was driving to Baltimore, and uh, I, I have a sister who lives in Baltimore, so I was driving to Baltimore, and... I happened to decide that I was going to be relaxed. So I wasn't wearing like my regular, you know, shirt and, and I was I was wearing like um I wasn't I wasn't wearing I don't wear jeans, but I was wearing like what I was dressed more casual. Anyways, my car broke down and it's a Friday afternoon. And oh. I didn't know what to do. And I pull into a a, a, a place in New, whatever, I'm not going to say which place. And the guy was like a big anti-Semite. So he says, oh, I'm not going to be able to look at it till 5 o'clock. Wow. So I said, but I, I, I got to get home for the Sabbath, this and that, which I do. He goes, well, there's nothing you could do. So the alternator was broken. I could not drive the car more than 35 miles an hour. <laughs> so what do you do? I called up my father. My father was in Rochester, New York. I said, Dad, what do I do? So what is my father going to do? I'm stuck in the New Jersey Turnpike, right. and he's in Rochester. He's not going to come pick me up. He just calmly gave me advice and told me, okay, honey, this is what you do. You take, go get some halot and get a jar of filter fish and this and get a bottle of grape juice and, and drive until like 20 minutes before Shakia and then, then go off the road and find a motel. And they're going. He gave me advice. I was like 23. I could have figured that out. There was something about the security of knowing that my father was there. I could ask him, he would tell me. And that's the bottom line. That's the relationship we have to have with Hashem also. That's the relationship we have to have with Hashem. And this is Simcha and Nasi. And it's 9.03. And we are signing off. We should have a week of Basura's Tavis.